the Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer, near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one, Mark Warner is here, international trade lawyer. Laura Babcock from the O Show and Power Group Communications, and Anthony Fury, former Post Media columnist and mayoral candidate. And actually, for our first topic, Anthony, let me start with you because you made the centerpiece of your campaign public disorder, law and order, however you want to characterize that. And we have these reports this morning that amongst the people who have been arrested in connection with the death of a young mother who was hit by a stray bullet in Leslieville is an employee of a safe injection site. What do you make of that? It's alarming, John, and people are very shocked to hear this, but maybe we shouldn't be shocked because we've seen a lot of poor decision-making, I think, from the leadership of these facilities all across the city. We know things are expanding, and and I think the sort of looseness around the rules has been expanding. We learned this development, but this is coming fresh on the heels of a weekend where we were also talking about that sign that they put on the front door of this facility saying exchange needles for chocolate bars without making it clear that it wasn't for children. They had to apologize for all of that. Now we find out that there's a shooting and an awful tragedy that the whole country was talking about. Mother of two young children killed and an injection site worker, when she sees this incident happen, according to police, she doesn't run to help the victim. She runs to help the shooter escape. What is going on here? It just doesn't seem that they are being responsible uh, community members at all in how they deal with with any of this stuff. The clientele who are involved in lawlessness, the needles around. It's a mess, John. I think this site in particular has shown that it needs to be shut down, at least temporarily, uh, pending a probe into how we got to this point. Mark Warner, uh, obviously this is all going to have to play out in court, but it does sound highly suspicious. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sort of speechless. I'm sorry. No, I look look. The, the reality of safe injection sites is that you are bringing you are bringing a, a problem to a neighborhood, you know, and you're in the hopes that you can sort of deal with, you know, problems that other people have, and sort of. Uh, but it's not really well thought out. I've said before when I was running for election a long time ago. And I was just a no-name candidate, and riding the people, and a part of the, riding the people talk had no chance of winning. I would go around to all the police community liaison meetings, and things that you do when you're a no-name candidate. And I would hear a lot of reaction to this at that point because that part of the city, downtown Toronto, and, and adjacent to South Riverdale, has uh, the highest concentration of these kind of fights. Um, and um, and people who I found, what I found, my takeaway, I don't know, Anthony, whether you had a different one, is that is that the kinds of people who you stereotypically would think of as being sort of left-wing, sort of, you know, on that part of the spectrum would be very irate about the idea of needles in parks and going into their children's feet or their dog's feet. And you'd hear things that were very different than what you hear when you turn on the radio or, as they say, sort of stereotype people normally. So I guess the key issue, I don't think very much work has been done really to really think all this stuff through, where you're putting it, the concentration and all of that. And um, and I so, you know, it's all terrible. It really is to read and hear about it this morning. Although Laura Babcock, if the person arrested after this uh, shooting had worked at an LCBO, we wouldn't be saying that liquor stores are the problem. 
And we're hearing that the, you know, the CEO has come out from this organization and talked about all of the staff who do their jobs professionally and how shocking this is and disturbing for them. And so we need to, first of all, see what comes out of this. And it doesn't necessarily need to reflect on the entire center of the rest of the staff. But I don't think this should be a left wing, right wing issue. We need to have safe neighborhoods and we need to get mental health care and housing for the people who are using these sites and who are increasingly living in our parks. You know, it's, it's not about shutting down one site, although I do think it's important to probe what happened here and to look at how these sites are navigating their neighborhoods and their responsibilities to be good citizens. But let's not lose the bigger picture here. We have, you know, people who cannot get access to mental health care, to, uh, you know, drug addiction care and rehabilitation. We need more money in the system. And let's put in even more protocols for how these things navigate neighborhoods and those relationships. But it's not about one place. It's about an underfunded health care system. And we all know that. Uh, John, I do want to also point out, though, that this person who's been charged, this employee, they were uh, put forward as the spokesperson in a CBC story a couple of years ago. So this person's been working there for years and is clearly considered sort of, you know, emblematic of the thinking there. So I, I don't think it's just a rogue employee, sadly. Um, Mark Warner, we don't necessarily have to make this about the law, but I am curious about an aspect of a class action suit that is being filed on behalf of people who were carded. The woman who is the centerpiece of this says she was pulled over randomly by police, ended up in police records, and as a result lost her security clearance where she worked in a secure job. Um, now, the aspect that I find confusing is why not just fight this on behalf of this one woman? Why create a class action suit? But what are your thoughts? Um, oh, boy. Stumped twice in one day. Uh, look, the issue for me is... I don't think I've ever I, stumped you. <laughs> Look, I, the problem for me is I, I don't understand class action lawsuits in Canada because you don't really make any money on them. So I understand them as the Ameri- wearing my American lawyer hat, the Canadian lawyer hat. I get it. We watch American TV. People think all the you know want to do the same things Americans do. So fine, do it. Go ahead. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to be negative, too negative about this. If it's a different generation thinks that going to courts for these things is a helpful thing of advancing a cause, then then that's fine. Um, and I think that that's what this is. You bring more people. She's not the only person who would have suffered this. So you bring more people into it and you hope that in doing that, you really highlight an important issue. And in the Canadian context, that's pretty much all you get. You know, what are you going to get? 10 cents on the dollar from it if you were a victim? I mean, I, I don't get Canadian class actions, but other than the PR value of this, perhaps. But uh, but I, I think that's why it's going in as a class action as opposed to an individual complaint. Were you ever carded? You know, I, I don't know that I was, John. I, I don't really drive very much. And, you know, and I, I've never asked to see my records, but I, I did have a past where I was very involved in politics around police shooting and police violence and, and all the, the, the rules for independent civilian review. So I don't know whether I got picked up into any of that sort of stuff, uh, databases, but, uh, um, you know, so my involvement has been more. Uh, not 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 with that sort of run-of-the-mill kind of carding experiment but i certainly have been had a thesis investigation early on as a result of my uh, activity in the anti-apartheid area in the early 1980s so i i'm not unfamiliar to being targeted um okay let me, let me turn to laura babcock on this one i mean we <laughs> ended the practice of carding so why are we still litigating this 
Well, I'm glad that we are because look at the damage that was done to just this one individual. I mean, we, we often think about it as being, okay, well, that's wrong. It's disproportionately done to black and brown people. It needs to stop. I mean, there was even a, there was even a city councillor, the first city councillor of colour in Hamilton got carded, right, when he was going to work. And, uh, and so he actually went all the way to court about it. And, and I remember going to see the actual hearing uh, and just watching what was going on. And it was fascinating, you know, and, and so kudos to him for, for going through with that and raising awareness. But I'm glad that she's raising awareness with this, to your point, PR class action lawsuit, if that's what it ends up being, because we need to understand the long-term damage that's done beyond, you know, what how scary it must be. Uh, I've only ever been called by the cops once, and that's when they thought I was the other Laura Babcock, right? And that was a homicide detective, and it was quite intimidating. But the just being stopped randomly on the street, John, that's never happened to me. <laughs> I can't imagine how that might feel. Uh, but then to be not able to keep your job because of it, to have it on the record for years, everything that you go through with economic instability in that kind of case, you can't get raises. I mean, that's that's damaging stuff that's happening to people. So I'm glad that we're learning about this, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about this case as it goes forward. Okay, last word on this file, Anthony Fury. Well, I have been carded a couple times when I was, you know, much younger during the peak of this, the heyday of it. And Laura's certainly right. It's very intimidating. It just happened to me a couple times. I think it was based on where I lived and why I had to walk through the neighborhood. I had to walk through when I get off the subway at, you know, 1 a.m. towards things closing and so forth. And certainly back then I questioned the validity of it as a as a very young man. And I, I don't got, no, understand what the police got out of it. Pretty poor use of resources. In this story, I'm also confused. I think a lot of us thought during the day, during the debate that carding was about gathering intelligence to build later files that you'd issue charges on. We didn't think that the data would sit dormant and then be used to harm someone's employment prospects years later. So I definitely think a lot of people would be really concerned uh, learning that this happened to this woman. Let me ask you about Dundas Street, and I don't necessarily want to relitigate the whole idea of renaming it. Apparently, we're going to do so, and now the initiative is going to be to name it after a prominent black person. Anthony Fury, do you have anybody in mind? Well, I think there's a, a number of uh, amazing prominent black Canadians we could name a street after, and I would fully support naming new streets after them, but I don't support renaming Dundas Street because of the costs and uh, just because I don't think it's a good use of resources and time. And Mark Warner, Anthony Fury and I are on the same page. I don't think most people know who Dundas is, and certainly before this debate, nobody even looked it up. So, you know, Dundas Street is Toronto's Dundas Street. It has nothing to do with Lord Melville. But anyway, they're going to do it. Well, I, uh, you know, my view on this sort of is that I, I don't really support um, changing the name, except when I listen to people defend the name. <laughs> and when I hear that, when I start reading the people defending the name, I say, okay, change the damn name, get on with it. Because, uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to sweep into this idea that there's no racism associated with this guy, uh, forget it. Then they do need to take get rid of the name. But I, I wouldn't change the name, but Warner is available if you're looking for names. I'm happy to lend it to you. Although I do think the original Warner was a slave owner in the West Indies, but that's a, nobody knows that part, right? Yeah. Well, we can name it News Talk 1010's Mark Warner. How's that? Laura Backhoff, last word. <laughs> Hey, I'm from Hamilton, but I, so I'm a little biased towards Lincoln Alexander. We have the yeah. link right near my house here. He's such a great guy. So more to link, I say. Thanks a lot to all of you. Great discussion. Anthony Fury, Mark Warner, and Laura Babcock. And incidentally, for those still wondering what's the debate over Lord Melville, I'll give you the broad strokes on the other side because I, Mark just hit the nail on the head. 
you know, you can say it's a waste of money to change the name. You can say uh, that it's political correctness and various other things. But as soon as you actually try to defend Lord Melville, the original Dundas, you're stepping into some pretty big mud. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.